Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, Gwinnett Church. I say it all the time, but those for those who don't know me, Dan Leanne, born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. That's the reason my voice is this way. Mother and father are Chinese. Actually, my face is this way. But now I live in Anderson, South Carolina, where I get to serve as a teaching pastor at a church called Whoop Whoop New Spring Church. And uh, if you're ever in town, uh, please come along and make yourself at home. Say, hey, good day. What's up? Ni hao. Whatever you need to say, you come up and say it. Uh, we want you to make you. Uh, we want to. We want to make you feel at home uh, when you're visiting us, because I know that I feel so at home when I visit you all here at Gwinnett Church. Uh, I just want to just remind you, Reed. You have a beautiful church, man. You have just an aesthetically pleasing there, like they're physically attractive people. I'm talking about like in the praise and the worship, you can feel Jesus's presence so strong in this place, and it's because of the pure hearts and the hungry souls that are in this room. So you have a beautiful church, Pastor Reed. And church, I want to let you know that in Pastor Reed, come on, you have a great pastor. You have a great leader, a great thinker, a communicator, a lover of people. And uh, so this is really a match made in heaven. It's a match made in God's heart. And so I don't want to hold you up for way too long uh, this morning. I got told that if I stick to time, I'm being taken out for some dim sum today, okay? So I'm going to go for some dim sum, some little dumpling things, some little Asian delights. Uh, that's kind of my nickname as well, uh, the Asian delight. And, uh, and I like me some free food, so I'm going to jump straight into it. Uh, when Pastor Reed reached out and asked me to come and minister in this weekend, uh, he gave me some suggestions on some talks that he's heard me give before to maybe bring on this Sunday morning. And usually that is just like, that's a layup for me. I love just go to the, the catalog, find one of the greatest hits, you know, find the track, hit play. And it's usually the way uh, I like to go. But I told Reed right away, I, I, do you mind if I just, just sit for a little bit and press into the heart of the Holy Spirit? Jesus with us and ask him for a specific word for Gwinnett Church this weekend. And Pastor Reed, being a great pastor, said, of course, I'd love you to do that. And so I sat for a little bit and I really felt the Holy Spirit speak so clearly regarding a word that he wanted me to bring to you this weekend. Is that cool? You gotta understand that something supernatural happens when you knit faith with the God who made you and receive his word. You've got to understand that the Word of God wasn't first given to us as a mode of communication, but as a tool of creation. You see, first, the first time you see the word, word, in the Bible, the first time you see a word in the Bible, you see God speaking, let there be light, and there was light. Or in other words, you've got to understand that when God speaks to you, He's not just trying to communicate to you, come on, He's trying to create something inside of you. And so, so I just like press into the heart of God and say, hey, give me a word for my friends at Gwinnett Church. And this is what I felt he laid in my spirit. I'm gonna read it for you verbatim. Gwinnett Church, God wants to restore your joy. I believe that is God's mission this weekend. This is a joy restoration work. God wants to bring back your laughter. God wants to bring back 
your smiles. God wants to bring back a pep in your step, in your marriages, in your homes, in your parenting, in your gatherings, in your workplaces. God wants to restore your joy. Like it says in Psalm 30 verse 11, it's time to turn your mourning into dancing. It's time to peel off your sackcloth of loss and be clothed again afresh and anew in a fit of joy. Gwinnett Church, my friends, God wants to restore your joy. Joy is a hard word to define. It's a hard word or a concept to exhaustively explain. You can turn to the Bible and study the original Hebrew word or the Greek word and extrapolate the concept of an inner strength and inner lightness and inner gladness and inner confidence. But the reality is joy as a concept is really hard to wrap your full mind around. But the reality is everyone in this room knows joy when they see it. You can pick someone when they're overflowing with joy. You can tell when someone has lost it. Once upon a time, they were a certain way, but now they're another way and they've lost their joy. Unfortunately, there are way too many people in the world today who know what it's like to have had joy and to have seen it wane away. The reality is everyone in this room knows joy when they see it. And it's important for us, dare I say, imperative for us as a faith community to have honest conversations about how we are going in our joy. Because God designed you in such a way to run off joy. Just like some of your trucks run off diesel, and if you put normal petroleum in it, it won't run. In the same way, your soul was designed to run off the fuel of joy. That's the reason that in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8, it says, For the joy of the Lord is my strength. When I have joy in my soul, when I got joy in my life, when I have joy in my days, when there's joy in my marriage, when there's joy in my home, when there's joy in my workplace, it's amazing how I can power through nearly anything. Give me a mountain, I'm going to climb it. Give me a problem, I'm going to solve it. Give me a fight. We'll work out a compromise. When you have joy, it's amazing how hard things seem simple. Flip it. Without joy, isn't it really hard to do life? It's just harder to get up in the morning. It's harder to get ready for work. It's harder to get your kids ready for school. It's it's harder to deal with some of the headaches and the hurdles that come up in marriage. With joy, you can power through life. Without joy, it is like pushing a heavy wheelbarrow up a really steep hill with no end in sight. And here's the challenge. God designed you in such a way to operate off joy. Life is such a Easy and light load with joy. But we have all been through an extended period of time as a human race that has robbed us, come on, of joy. So Houston, Atlanta, we have a problem. We need joy to power through life. We need joy to 
equip us to enjoy every good thing that God wants to afford to us. But many of us are going through life with either low joy levels or waning joy levels. Or many of us are just straight running on empty. But I've got some good news for you. Come on, our God is in the business of restoring joy. That's the reason David could declare so confidently, hey God, you're the one who can restore the joy of my salvation. You are in the business of restoring joy. So if you've lost some, God's got ample amount to restore and to replace, come on, and to renew your joy supply. Come on, smile. That's very good news. Come on, let's be real right now. How are you going with your joy supply? You know on your dashboard, how you got like a fuel gauge and there's like a full and there's an empty and there's a little light that goes off when you're running really low? Like seriously, if you had a joy gauge, what would it be reading? Just out of curiosity, what do you guys do when that light goes off? Do you do what my wife does as a wise, insightful, intelligent human being and see that as an indicator that you need to find a gas station and pull over and fill up? Or do you do what I do? See it as the beginning of the game. (laughs) Like how many more miles can I squeeze out of this thing? You know what I'm saying? My dashboard reading like 50. There's 150 in this thing. If I drive really conservatively up hills, take my foot off the accelerator going down hills. You know what I'm saying? How many more miles can I squeeze out of this? And heaven forbid, I saw gas cheaper two days ago because I refuse to pull over and pump gas until I see gas that cheap again. What do you do? Come on, how is your joy tank looking right now? You running on full? Are you overflowing? Are you around kind of midway? Could be better, could be worse. Or are you running pretty low? How is your joy tank looking right now? Hey, men in the room, what would your wife say? Come on, wives in the room, what would your husband say? Come on, parents in the room, what would your kids say? How are you looking right now in your joy Because like I said, we as a humanity are knit together by this common thread. We have been forced to burn through our joy at an unprecedented rate in the last couple of years. Words like fear, uncertainty, unprecedented, pandemic, quarantine. These words which used to be Occasional parts of our sentences now are a part of our everyday vocabulary and this drains us of joy. Social distancing. I'm a hugger, like an appropriate side hugger, but I'm a, an affectionate hugger kind of person. Seriously, as a pastor, to be told to stay six feet away has affected, come on, my joy. Come on, face masks. They affect our joy. Joy. Some of the societal 
communal, political divisions, come on, that we have seen, come on, has affected our joy. Some of the pain and the hurt and the loss and the brokenness that we've been surrounded by have all affected our joy. So again, can I remind you, Houston and Atlanta, we have a problem. We need joy to power through our days. Side note, as a family of God, trying to communicate the gospel that comes from God in a season that's meant to be marked by joy. Come on, we need joy to communicate this glorious gospel come Christmas time because good news shared with no joy is no good news at all. Come on, we need joy, but many people have lost joy. So here's the question, how does God, come on, restore joy? I'm glad you came this morning because I've got an answer for you. If you have notebooks and pens, you can pull them out right now and take a few notes down. An old mentor of mine used to tell me that a blunt pencil is more effective than a sharp mind in remembering the things that God whispers to you about. I'm not telling you you need to take notes to get into heaven. I'm just saying, why take a chance? You know what I'm saying? It could be like an open book test, messing around. Just scribble a few things down. If you have an iPhone or an iPad, come on, open them up, find the Note app. Thank the Lord Jesus for Steve Jobs. That's a wonderful piece of technology you have right there. Android devices, Google devices, put them away. I've got nothing for you from this point on in the message. You can ask the Apple people later. Come on, a word for Gwinnett Church. How does God restore joy? Lost a lot of it in the last couple of months. We'd like to find it again getting ready for next year. Where does joy come from? Well, point number one, joy comes from the presence of Jesus. If you walk away with nothing else, I hope and pray that you walk away with this. That joy is not a forced emotion. That a preacher on a Sunday morning can push you into trying to invoke. But joy, first and foremost, is the fruit of hanging out with King Jesus. And I've got some good news for you. Come on, King Jesus wants to hang out with you today. Joy, first and foremost, comes from the presence of Jesus. That's the reason in the book of Galatians, chapter 5 and verse 22, famously it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. Let's not get it twisted. The Spirit of God isn't that weird mist that flows into a room when we're singing slow songs with our hands lifted, giving us little tickles in our souls. No, the Holy Spirit simply is Jesus with us every day everywhere. When Jesus promised that he would give to us another counselor, he was promising just like Jesus was tangibly there with his disciples, so the Spirit wants to be with us every day. And every time you experience the tangible presence of Jesus, it's amazing how the things of this earth do grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace, and you are left, come on, feeling more confident and more joy-filled. Joy comes first and foremost from the presence of Jesus. Smile, that's really good news. Because that means that joy isn't dictated or determined by your circumstances. 
That's the reason there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is cool, but happiness is that high feeling you get connected to happenings going your way. That's where the word happiness comes from. If things are going good, happy, happy, happy. Things aren't going good, sad, sad, sad. It is a feeling that fleets. It's here right now, and it disappears as quickly as it arrives. Happy is high, happy is low. It's kind of like a roller coaster ride. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of money stuff is going good, happy, happy, happy. Got no money in the bank, sad, sad, sad. You know, job going great, happy, happy, happy. Everyone's annoying you at work, sad, sad, sad. Come on, kids are playing along, happy, happy, happy. Kids are like kind of wild and crazy and tearing your house apart, sad, sad, sad. Having a good hair day, happy, happy, happy. Having a losing hair day, sad, sad, sad. Come on, the Braves are doing good, happy, happy, happy. The Braves, you know what I'm saying? When things go up, you feel happy when things go down. You lose that happiness. Why? Because happiness is outside in. Joy is different. Joy is inside out. Joy is connected to the person who is Jesus. Come on, and he never, ever changes. Smile, that's really good news. Because that means money going good, money going bad, you can still have joy because Jesus never changes. Come on, work going good, work going bad, you can still have joy. You know why? Because Jesus never changes. You can be going great in your family or stuff in your family could be, you know, you know, a little bit of a difficult time, but you can have joy because you have Jesus. I know you guys won a World Series this year. Side note, how can you guys win a World Series when you're the only part of the world invited to the series? Side note, but <laughs> no matter how the Braves go next year, you can have joy. Come on, because you have Jesus. Smile, that's good news. Happiness is outside in, joy is inside out and you can have joy because you can have the presence of Jesus whenever and to whatever measure you want to host it. Come on, smile, this is really good news because some people think that they can't have joy because it's not their personality. There are some people who say, you know what, it's just not the way I am. My husband or my wife, she's a joyous kind of person but I'm not a joyous kind of individual. I was kind of born this way and my mother and father were kind of, you know, glass half empty kind of individuals. Even my blood type is like kind of negative. Everything about my life is just difficult. I was just born here. It's just the way that I look. I got RBF. You know what RBF is? Resting bitter face. You know what I'm saying? And And that's just the way I am. No, it's not. I believe you have a personality. I think you have something unique connected to your soul that God made in his image that is uniquely you. But I believe that the joy in your life isn't dictated, determined, or limited by your personality. It's limited by the person who is Jesus in your life. Come on, and you can have as much of him as you want. You can be a naturally more you know, analytical individual. You can be naturally a little bit more of a black cloud individual. But that doesn't mean that you can't have growing and abounding joy. Come on, in your journey, because the joy in your life isn't outside in. It is inside out. And that's the reason I'm telling you, if you want to see your joy res- restored, if you want to see your joy renewed, you need to prioritize the presence of Jesus. And that's the reason, first thing, every single morning, I've got to make a decision to get up and I need to like turn some worship music on in my house because I know there's enough kind of, you know, bad news and bad vibes floating around this world. I need my household to be filled with the beauty and the grace that flows from the truth as 
I hear worship music. You know, that's the reason I hit my knees and pray every single morning because I know for a fact that when I'm trying to do life, walking through it confidently, it doesn't take long before I get knocked down. I need to start my day and continue my day. Come on and end my day on my knees because when I'm on my knees, I experience the presence of Jesus and where I have more of His presence, I have more joy. That's the reason you gotta come along to church in person. I love everyone watching online. If you're at home right now and, and, and you're kind of like, you got something like serious going on in your life, I hope you find some like health and healing and restoration. But the reality is there's something happening in this room that can't happen when you're by yourself because the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, that's where you experience uh, the, the, the specific presence of Jesus. There's something here when you worship with your brothers and sisters, as bad as they sing, it's good for your soul. You You need to be together. Come on. The reason we need to prioritize the presence of Jesus is because we have lived through a season of life as a humanity where so many things have been put up on pedestals. So many things have robbed our attention from Jesus Almighty. No wonder we go through bankrupt in joy. We need to make a decision, a fresh and a new. When at church, I'm going to prioritize the presence of Jesus because where his presence is, there is fullness of joy. Smile. That's really good news. Not only does joy come from the presence of Jesus, joy also comes from perspective. Joy comes from perspective. I promise you, the way that you look at your life, the way that you you look at a circumstance or a situation will make a massive difference in how much joy you experience or how much joy you never get to touch. That's the reason the Bible says in the book of James chapter one, to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Think about what Pastor James is saying. Hey, you're going to see some things. You're going to face some things. You're going to go through some things. But based on the way you consider it or you think about it, based on the way you face it and you walk through it, you'll either see pure joy boom or any kind of joy you could have experienced bust. You can see joy flourish or you can see joy fade based on the way you perceive things. The lens through which you look. Specifically, I would like to encourage you this Sunday morning to make a decision to consistently, continually look at life and everything that it dishes up through the lens of gratitude. Break that lens of grumbling, look through the lens of gratitude and I guarantee you, you're gonna have more joy. Way too often, we live life Locked in on a lens of grumbling and it robs us of joy. Let me illustrate it for you by using the last two hours of your life looking through the lens of grumbling. All right, some people just woke up this morning. Oh, here we go. Wake up on a Sunday morning. Didn't sleep good last night. It's got a bad back. My back is sore. Oh, well, I suppose I got to go to church today. I don't want to miss out on church the one Sunday that Jesus shows up again. I've got to go along to church and so I've got to have some breakfast. 
I'm going to have me some breakfast. And so I go to the fridge, I open up the fridge. Someone drank all the cow milk. How am I going to put, what am I going to put onto my Frosties this morning? There's no cow. What's this almond milk stuff? My daughter bought, oh, what kind of hippie invented almond milk? And I've got some almond milk here. And now I've got to go to church. And so I'm getting dressed up and I'm driving to church and there's traffic everywhere. Why is there traffic on the road? It's a Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Why is there traffic all over the roads? And now I get to church and there's someone standing at the front door and he's smiling. He's smiling way too big for this early in the morning. I don't trust people who smile this big this early in the morning, but I've got to go. So I'm walking into, lo and behold, someone is sitting in my seat. Wouldn't you believe it? Someone's been, someone, don't they know that I've been coming along to this church for years and years and that's my seat. Someone is sitting in my seat and now we're singing these worship songs. I don't like these worship songs because they don't come from the book of Psalms. I don't read the book of Psalms, but I think every song we sing should be from the book of Psalms. And now I've got a random Chinese guy with a weird accent and he's yelling at me. I don't understand it. Can you feel the joy? Come on, leave your soul. Just imagine you made a decision to say, you know what? I'm not looking through the lens of grumbling, but I'm going to fix my gaze through the lens of gratitude. Think about the last two hours of your life. Oh, here I go. I woke up. I didn't sleep good last night. I got a bad back, but that's all good. A bad back just reminds me that I didn't die in my sleep. I get to go to church today and meet with my brothers and sisters in Jesus and get some encouragement. It's good to go to the house of the Lord. Come along with me, but I better have some cereal first. So I'm going to grab my Frosties. Where's all the cow milk gone? Where's all the, oh, there's almond milk here. Praise God for almond milk. Someone worked out where the udders are on those almonds. They milk those little things and I got almond milk. And I'm going to come along to church this morning and I'm driving along to church and there is traffic everywhere. Praise God for traffic everywhere because that means that the world is getting back to normal. I get to church this morning and someone's here smiling at me. They got here early, put on a lanyard, put out a chair to warm up the building so I can experience the presence of God. And I walk into the building and someone is sitting in my chair. Praise God, someone's sitting in my chair. That means someone who doesn't usually come along to church came along to church this morning because everyone who usually comes to church knows that that's my chair and here we are we're praising God and we're worshipping God and we're singing out loud and I'm sounding terrible but those two people sound amazing out there and they're covering over me and now I've got a Chinese guy and he's yelling at me and I still don't understand a word that he's saying but I like his energy man I like his energy do that instead of worrying next time do that instead of fighting next time Do that instead of posting some kind of insightful video debunking some kind of myth on Facebook next time. Instead of going down that rabbit warren that robs you of joy and brings greater darkness and division, come on, into your journey, practice gratitude, amen? Look through that lens and I promise you, there's going to be more joy that culminates in your life. Joy comes from the presence of Jesus Joy comes from perspective. Thirdly and lastly, I want you to write this down. Joy comes from persevering. Joy comes from persevering. Joy comes from holding on and trusting Jesus. As I was preparing this week, my mind was taken back to about a year ago when I had basically lost 
every scarret, every ounce, every smudge of joy. If you're looking at me and you're kind of just surmising that I'm a naturally kind of energetic and positive person, you're right. I, I don't know why I'm like this. It's maybe because I wasn't breastfed and was given Red Bull. I don't know what it was, but something happened to me young. And I've always been the guy who found joy relatively easy. Like in our marriage, like, like my wife Krista is the, she's the organized one, she's the ordered one, she's the smart one, she's the one who has just made sure that we haven't ended up bankrupt and destitute somewhere. She, she's that one. I'm the, I'm the one who brings the party. That was always my job. But I had lost all my joy by December 2020. I think 2020 affected all of us. I know if you're a small business owner, if you're a first responder, if you're a a mother and a father who all of a sudden became a homeschool teacher, I know it affected everyone in different ways, but for pastors it affected us in a unique way because the people that we were told to shepherd, we were told we weren't allowed to be around. And it was so hard to be a pastor throughout 2020 because it felt like everything we did was wrong. Close your building, people get angry. Reopen the building, people get angry. Listen to one segment of society as they weep and this segment of society think that you don't care about their situation. You go try to listen to them for a little bit, all of a sudden you hate them. Man, I was exhausted by the end of 2020. And you throw into that, you have your parents, your elderly parents who live in Melbourne, Australia, who are going through the longest and harshest lockdown anywhere on planet Earth. And every single day, you're trying to keep your father and your mother's spirits up by FaceTime. But every single day, you see your mother's hair getting whiter and whiter and your dad getting angrier and angrier. And then in December 2020, you get covid and it's not like kind of that cool, like teenager COVID, like kind of, I kind of like just lost my taste and smell for like a day, went to sleep, felt better. I'm talking about like old man thought I was going to die COVID. So by the end of 2020, I was totally over it and totally void of joy. I was so angry. I was so frustrated. I was fighting with Krista, my wife, like I hadn't fought like in yet, maybe ever. So I'm over it. I'm lying in bed one night and I've got to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom because I'm over 40 and you go three times a night. And I kind of, so I get, I'm trying to get to the bathroom and I fall over halfway there. And I'm just lying on the carpet. And my wife hears me crying. So she gets out of bed and sweetly comes and lays by my side and finds my hand. And this verse, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, came to mind. May the God of hope. Can I just remind you that we have a God of hope, amen? We have the God of a confident, expectant, bright future. 
Come on, we don't have the God of apathy. We don't have the God of you made your bed, now you need to lie in it. We don't have a God of revenge. Come on, we have a God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Peace is joy's cousin as you trust in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Everyone say all joy. Say all joy like an Australian. All joy. Say all joy like an American. All joy. Say all joy like a Chinaman. All joy. I taught you languages. It was kind of racist, but you know what I'm saying? There's the promise of all joy for me. Come on, there's a promise of restored joy for you. But here's the catch. It's as you trust in him. And so what I did with Krista is I remember just grabbing her hand and we just, with whatever strength I had, we, we lifted our hands in the dark. We lifted our hands as an act of surrender. We said, we trust in you. It hurts, but we trust in you. I'm scared, but I trust in you. I'm frustrated, but I trust in you. I don't know what yet next year's, I trust in you. And I promise you, I'm just here to testify to you. It felt like God plugged our hands into a power socket from heaven and turned it on. And it felt like joy flowed through our hands, down my arms, into my heart heart and my 2021 has been marked by a restoration of joy ever since and I'm here to declare and speak this in faith over your life that here this morning this was going to be a unique and special word for someone in this room because God wants to restore your joy. No one is here to downplay or deny the bitter t- pills you've had to swallow, the painful season you've, need to, you've needed to walk through. But I am here to declare that there is more joy for you going forward. Can someone say a good amen to that? God wants to restore your joy. So as you wrap up our time, I just want to do two simple things. First and foremost, I would love to give an opportunity to someone in our 915 gathering who doesn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Over the last 31 minutes, you've been thinking to yourself, oh, wow. I would love to experience the kind of joy that comes from the presence of Jesus, but I don't think I have Jesus in my life. I got a little bit of religion. I got a little bit of knowledge about this Jesus guy that my mother or my father or my grandmother used to tell me about. But I don't have Jesus in my life. I'm here to let you know. That's all Christianity is. Christianity isn't about rules or regulations. It's not about clearing legalistic hoops. Jumping over religious bars. It's about recognizing that God loves you and comes to find you exactly where you are. And if you would open up your heart to him, he will enter in, give you new life and security forever. That's what Christianity is. 
So with every eye closed and no one looking around right now, can I just ask you this question? Do you have Jesus in your life? I'm not talking about do you have religion in your life? I'm not talking about do you have church in your life? I'm not talking about do you have some good works or some good morals in your life? I'm talking about do you have the living King of this universe who brings joy in your life? Because if you don't, would you invite Him in? Would you allow me to lead you in a prayer that heaven will hear and will change literally everything about your eternity? So with every eye closed and no one looking around, if that's you right now and you know that you need Jesus Christ, the son of the living God who came to earth, who died for your sins, who overcame sin and death and lives again today, if you wanna invite him to be your Lord and your savior, when I count to three, would you lift your hands where you are? I wanna lead you in a prayer that heaven will hear and will literally change everything about your journey. If you want Jesus this morning, when I count to three, just lift your hands. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand where you are. I see hands, 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 hands everywhere. If you lifted your hand, could you pray this prayer after me out loud? In fact, let's do it all together, Gwinnett Church, out loud. There are hands everywhere, but let's just do it all together. Dear Jesus, I open up my heart to you. Help me by your spirit to live now for your glory. You live in me now. Thank you for security forever. Amen. Can you put your hands together for all the people who lifted theirs? Like, wow. So cool. If you lifted your hands, I, I, I counted like, like there's probably about a dozen of you guys who lifted your hands. I'm gonna be hanging around the gallery. Okay, I'm a little bit bougie, the Galleria, that's what I like to call it. I'm gonna be hanging around the gallery, had COVID, have antibodies, double vaxxed. I'm like the safest dude in the room, okay? But seriously, if you lifted your hand, I would love to shake your hand because we're pumped about your jump, but we're committed to your journey. If you're physically intimidated by me because I look like Jackie Chan on steroids, I get it. Come anyway, and I'm going to introduce to you a much more physically unimposing leader to talk to you. But do not leave without connecting. Is that cool? Last thing. Now with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around. If you've, and I like doing it that way every now and then, just to, just to mix things up. But the Bible tells us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Or in other words, if you wanna keep pushing God's hand away, he'll let you do so, but life becomes a difficult battle indeed. But he gives grace to the humble, or in other words, if you would show some humility, you put yourself in a position to receive what God has planned for you. And there's nothing as humbling as admitting that you need help, come on, with eyes open and heads raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. So with every eye open, with every head raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner, if you know that this morning was a word for you and you've lost some joy, but you need to see your joy restored, would you just put your hand high in the sky right now? Just put it high in the sky. See, you're not alone. Keep them, keep them raised, keep them raised. If you're a married couple and, you're, and your hand is raised next to your wife or your husband, can you just grab their hand and just, just grab their hand and just like keep it high in the sky? Jesus, we wanna be the most joy-filled people. 
We want to know your strength from deep within. We want our days to feel light because we know you carry our days. We want the gospel to dance sweetly and naturally on our lips because it is shared with a joyful tone. But Lord God, we need you to restore it. So right now I speak it in the name of Jesus. Joy overflowing, smiles back on your dial. A pep in your step. The men of God, their joke's gonna sound funny again to their wives. And I thank you, God, we're leaving lighter than we came. We thank you for your joy in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Just praise him in the room, come on. Joy restored. I pray that if you came in here like a two out of 10 in that joy kind of tank, the Holy Spirit has taken you all the way to a nine. And then you go hit some cracker barrel and it'll take you all the way to that 10. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you guys in 2022.